Welcome to Leaders Lift, a podcast for aspiring and existing leaders. I'm your host, Greg Cunningham, and I look forward to being a part of your leadership journey. As part of our podcast's initial launch, I'll be sharing my thoughts on today's state of leadership. A few perceptions, thoughts about motives, and what the impact of today's leadership can be. So that's what we'll be covering here in this episode. Before we get started, I just want to remind you that if you're interested in or focused on leadership, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can also go to www.mountainebelconsulting.com where we are regularly adding new content and resources to help you on your leadership journey. Leadership is a major challenge, and frankly, today it's lacking in so many key areas. We see this as companies come and go. We can see it in trends like the great resignation or quiet quitting. And just on that, if you look at the research that's been done, it's obvious that the reason somebody stays or leaves a position is because of their manager, or in this case, the leader. Now, if we look at the news recently, you can see high-profile examples of what different styles of leadership do for an organization, some positive and some really not so positive. Now, I don't want to make it seem like there are no leaders out there. There really are. Nor am I saying that leaders have to be perfect because none of us are. But I do think we have a challenge in the leadership area, and if it's not already crossed the crisis level, we're getting there. So in today's episode, let's talk about what I see as the state of leadership today, how we got there, and then the impact of that leadership. I'll also briefly talk about what I think we need from a leadership standpoint, and obviously I'm going to be covering that in much more detail as this podcast progresses. So let's start by talking a little bit about my perceptions on why it seems people want to be leaders today. I'm not going to try and make an exhaustive list here, but hopefully by covering a few of these reasons, I'll be able to point out there's kind of a general theme, or at least what I see as a, a general theme behind people wanting to be leaders today. And one of those big problems that I see is that there's just too much focus on the leader themselves. Now, these motives that I'm talking about for uh, leadership, things that I'm seeing in today's world, I've seen in almost all aspects of life. They exist in business for sure, but also in politics, religion, education, nonprofits, and almost anything else that you can think of. Now, I just want to be clear here. I'm not saying that there's a deliberate decision that you know people say, I'm going to lead for this reason. Sometimes these reasons, they just happen. And we're definitely going to talk about what we can do to get past them just happening and hopefully talk about how we can reduce the people that choose these reasons to lead going forward. So let's dive in and just start with number one, and that one's fame and recognition. Use whatever analogy or cliche you want to use here. I want my name in lights. I want the most followers, subscribers, friends, etc. Some of this motivation comes from a misconception that if no one knows my name, I'm a nobody. All of us want to believe that we have value or that we add value. Pretty universal. Now, the other reason this is a big deal, and it ties into the money topic, which we are going to talk about later today. This is the misconception that famous or rich people are way happier than I am and seem to have no problems in life. Now, who doesn't have days where it would be really nice to have no problems and for everything to just go the way it's supposed to? And I'll let you in on a little secret. There are plenty and maybe even more than their fair share of rich, successful, powerful, famous people 
that are absolutely miserable and they have way more problems than you may know about. It's kind of like the comparisons you see of social media posts versus reality. What's in the post looks awesome, but that's because it's either Photoshop or if you were to zoom out, everything around the picture is in chaos. Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to achieve notoriety in your life or to want that. It's not wrong in and of itself, but it's the sole pursuit of or obsession with fame, recognition, notoriety that can cause potential leaders to really go astray. This can lead to wanting to do what is popular, to avoid doing anything that could be perceived as controversial, even if it's the right thing to do, and then even taking shortcuts in life that leaders just absolutely should not be taking. Now that leaves into the second one. If I'm famous or uh, I've got all this recognition, now I've got some power. The need for power to be in control, this is another area where I think most of us want to feel like we at least have some control over our lives. That's really not a problem, but similar to fame, it's the pursuit of that power at the expense of everything else that can be a real challenge. Leaders that want to lead just to have power tend to be focused on keeping that power at all costs. Anything that threatens their ability to hold on to power, that's got to be bad. You can see this in governments, a lot in governments, business leaders. Some business leaders, they just refuse to work with anyone that may have a difference of opinion. But you can also see it in churches and even down into families where you've got a head of household that says, it's my way or the highway. Can you see any problems with this? I, I will say that I've seen a lot of leaders, they got into the game for the right reasons. And those reasons and some of those leaders are going to be part of our ongoing discussion. But something can happen even to the best leaders when they get just a little bit of power and authority. If they like that power and that authority more than the reasons they got into the game, if that tendency to pursue those things goes unchecked, then power and control become their primary motivator and then they become harder and harder to work with because they become this type of leader that all it is is about them and it's about their power and their control. As that happens, they have to work harder to hold on to their power and that leads into a vicious cycle of negative reinforcement. Well, I need to do more myself because I wanna hold on to my power and then it starts to slip away so I do more myself and it's just this vicious cycle of negative reinforcement and if that becomes a part of who they are, then it can be very tough to break that cycle. So let's lead into a third thing here. And this is, I, I don't, I'm going to explain this a couple of different ways. One is the need to do things my way, which talks about ego and intellectual superiority or perceived superiority. But I also want to talk about a lack of trust. I think this can be caused by the first two, the fame and power. It's the attitude that I'm the smartest and I know better than anyone else, so of course we should do it my way. Some might call that arrogance, pride, ego, or any of number of those types of things. And it is all of those things for sure, but I also think it ties into a lack of willingness to trust others. Now, what do I mean by that? And how does that tie into fame and power and all those things? Well, let's just talk through a fictional scenario. Now, even if you feel like you know this person, I've made it up. Early in life, our fictional leader decided to be an entrepreneur. They had a brilliant idea that would change the world. They assembled an amazing team and a few years later sold the company for a gazillion dollars. This leader then decided they enjoyed that journey and because of their success, got offered a leadership position in a much larger, more established company. 
They then moved from position to position with increasing degrees of success. And it wasn't long before major companies looking for their next CEO were knocking on their door. Do you see how over time this leader could feel like they were the secret to their success? If everything they touched turned into gold, then maybe it was them. Or at least this is what they may think. And this is where this type of a leader can be faced with a huge crossroad. They can do one of two things. They can focus on leading, which are things like assembling that amazing team that they did in their startup company. And it's all about lifting those around them and making a difference like they wanted to change the world. Or they can go down the other path where they start to drink their own Kool-Aid. Those that take the latter road, they end up alone at the top. They end up with a team that they don't trust, not because the team's not good and can't do their job, but because they want to do things their way. They believe that they're the reason for success of anything that they touch. So they feel like they have to do everything themselves, or at the very least, they make sure they hire people that will do things the way they want, and it's just going to execute on the ideas that they come up with. Now, if, if you're like me, this is absolutely not the kind of leader I want to work for and not the kind of organization I want to be a part of. But there are so many of those out there today, and you can see them almost anywhere that you look. And this is why I think we're facing maybe a bigger leadership challenge than most are willing to admit. All right, let's talk about the last one for today's list, and that's money or the pursuit of money. Money doesn't solve all problems. Money doesn't mean a lack of problems. In fact, it can cause way more problems. But there's this historical idea, and it comes from you know days when if you wanted to have the big salary, then you had to be a manager and you had to be a leader. That if I really just wanted to be a really good individual contributor, there was a very low ceiling on my earning potential. Now, we've done things today to mitigate that, creating individual contributor roles that are things like principal that have very, very good compensation packages. But this perception that leaders make a lot of money, so if I want to make a lot of money, I need to be a leader, it's out there. And again, it's not that the pursuit of prosperity or money is a problem in and of itself. It's when it takes priority over other more important things. So I want to date myself just a little bit here. Uh, there's a movie, Brewster's Millions, with Richard Pryor. I don't know how many of you have seen it, but uh, he's a he's a struggling minor league baseball pitcher, and a rich relative leaves him just this incredible amount of money. But one of the conditions of his inheritance is that he has to be able to go out and spend $30 million in 30 days. And... You know, he's able to donate a certain amount of it to charity and do some other things. But really, the goal of this exercise is to get him to not focus on this huge inheritance that he has and to realize that money isn't everything. So it's a really funny movie. Um, I remember watching it when I was much, much, much younger. And at the end of that, I just realized money isn't everything. Do we need money? Absolutely. All of us need to pay our bills. That's why we have professions. Um, and our, that money that we earn allows us to do those things that are more important in life. So like this one, like with all of the others, if this is the main focus, then the decisions you make just are not going to be as good as they could have been. Okay, so that's my list for this segment. We've talked about fame. We've talked about power. We've talked about the need to do things my way. We've talked about the pursuit of wealth. I'm not saying all of these are always bad. And if you have any of them, you're not a good leader. But what is important is that these reasons, that they take a backseat to the real reason to lead. 
And that reason should be to lift others and to make a difference. Now, as you keep following this podcast, you're going to hear me talk a lot about leaders lifting and making a difference. So just get used to hearing that. So again, these things exist, but they shouldn't be the number one reason that we want to lead. Just a quick reminder while we're on a short break to hit that subscribe button if you find this topic useful or are interested in leadership in general. You can also visit us at www.mountainebelconsulting.com for some great resources and to sign up for our newsletter, which should be launching in the near future. You can also follow us on LinkedIn or Instagram. Instagram, we're at Mountain Ebo Consulting, MTN EBO Consulting, or Leaders Lift LDRS LFT. So what got us to this point? There are a lot of potential factors, and when you find an organization or an individual struggling with leadership, it's most likely a combination of things. Again, I'm not going to try and make an exhaustive list here, but I do think there are a couple of high-level categories. And there are a few areas where I can give benefit of the doubt, and then others where there's probably very little room for excuses. All right, let's talk about a few of the categories where I at least can give some benefit of the doubt. First, let's talk about circumstances. And mostly by this, I mean people that are forced into a leadership position without experience or without training or without good training. Um, and here are a few categories that I think this falls into. First of all, I would say founders. These are some folks that just have great ideas. They start a company and just want to drive the idea forward and change the world. So they just, they don't have time to focus on the leadership stuff. And a lot of time this happens at a very, very young age. So they may not have had experience in life, nor had an opportunity to, to receive this kind of leadership training. So founders leads into the second category here, which are hyper growth companies. And sometimes circumstances just drive explosive growth for a company. And in those circumstances, it can be very hard to focus on leadership training and development. It just seems like you don't have time to do it. All you're trying to do is hire or produce product or provide customer service and just keep up with the crazy growth that you're experiencing. Sometimes what happens in those organizations is there are outstanding individual contributors or even managers that get thrust into leadership positions, whether they're ready or not. And it's just, it's a byproduct of the circumstances that the company finds themselves in. The third category here, small businesses. So sometimes that struggle to stay afloat just eclipses anything else. And so you're not going to invest in leadership and training and even for yourself or for anybody on your team, because again, kind of like hyper growth companies, but just at a much smaller scale, you're just trying to stay afloat and get the business off the ground. So those are three categories, founders, hyper growth companies, small businesses. And by the way, if you find yourself in any of these circumstances, reach out to me on the website. I'm certain I can help you there. All right, now another area where I can give some benefit of the doubt is regards to training. Now I'm talking about the individual leader that hasn't received or you know doesn't get good training, I'm not talking about organizations that should be providing the leadership training that's appropriate. So individual leaders that have no management training or no leadership training. I do keep those two things separate. Um, we'll talk about that I'm sure at some point, leadership versus management, but I'm a firm believer that there's a distinct difference between those two. In order to be an outstanding leader, I think you have to have both types of training. You need to be good enough as a manager 
and then focus on developing and polishing the additional leadership skills. Now that leads into another area related to training and that's ineffective training. Um, the biggest problem here is that there's either a lack of vision for leadership training or that the training really becomes a list of tasks to just check off. So let me talk through a couple of examples that I've had. Two of the major companies I've worked for, I got deliberate management and or leadership training. At one, we had a plan and it was tied into our desired company culture. Sounds great. All managers were expected to go through the training. What I think was missing there was more about accountability for demonstrating the principles and showing the results. Training was good and I learned a lot, but the accountability for what you learned, changing culture and results just didn't seem to be there. At the other company, our executive vice president was very focused on making sure we got management and leadership training. We were in a hyper growth mode, like I mentioned above, and I was put into a management position with zero experience in the professional world. And eventually I ended up leading over half of the organization. Our leader, and she was definitely a leader, had a deliberate plan. Trainings were designed to address gaps in our management and leadership skill sets. We invested the time and we were expected to apply the principles and demonstrate the results. I think it's fair to say that I learned more in that organization than I have the rest of my career. One of the reasons I was able to progress within that organization was I took the principles that we learned and applied them and my results were different than a lot of the rest of the organization. So it definitely made a difference there. So let's talk first about lack of vision. Without a vision of what kind of leadership is best for your organization, you can get caught up in the latest fad or trendy book or something similar. You hire companies to come in and build training based on the latest thing uh, instead of figuring out how that fits into the vision that you have for the leadership of your organization. The other problem that happens when you have a lack of vision regarding leadership development and training is that you don't start training potential leaders until they get into a leadership position. It's kind of the status quo. I understand where it comes from, but a lot of damage can be done before that leader gets the training and is able to implement it. The other thing that comes from lack of vision is you throw concepts at the wall and see what sticks. There's no accountability. People attend the training, sort of in today's world of remote work, and then check that off their list and just go back to doing things the way they believe they should. The other thing that can make training ineffective is the whole concept of a taskless approach to training. In this case, you don't invest enough time. There's a lack of application. It kind of goes in one ear and out the other. There's really no follow-up, no connection to results or goals. And a lot of times it becomes more of a focus on legal and compliance aspects. What training do we need to be able to say that we've provided all of our managers and our leaders? Now this final category that I wanna talk about that I can, to a certain extent, give some benefit of the doubt to leaders that are struggling is the fact that they just seem to have more responsibilities. And there's two, two parts to that. One, they have more direct reports. And then the other is they seem to have a broader scope of ownership and responsibility than maybe they've had in the past. Some of this is coming with the current economy today. Leadership roles seem to be high on the chopping block when it comes to layoffs. It's hard to cut back on programmers if you're a software company, for example, but you can flatten out the leadership structure and just expect more of your existing leaders or those that are left behind. 
this in and of itself is not a bad thing, but if you combine that with a lack of training and support, good luck. Now, the other piece of this is the concept of broader scope of ownership. Now, if you're in a company that always has a need to be growing, especially a public company where the shareholders expect growth more than anything else, then it's just hard to focus on anything that's not related to growth. At least anything that doesn't seem to, in the short term, give you the kind of growth that you want to see. There's plenty of studies and plenty of research out there that say investment now brings long-term results, but it seems that the financial markets, and I'm not a financial analyst, but it seems that those financial markets want more immediate results. So what happens is leaders get more projects and initiatives than maybe they would if there wasn't such a focus on explosive growth. Now, here's the thing, right? Broader scope of ownership, more direct reports, combined with a lack of training or ineffective training, that's when you really get into trouble. Great leaders that have the support, that have the training that they need, they can probably handle a larger number of direct reports within reason and a broader scope of ownership and responsibility, again, within reason. Now, here, here are the things that I find it a little bit more difficult to give the benefit of the doubt, and they're going to tie back a little bit to reasons people lead that we talked about earlier in this episode. One is this pursuit of prosperity. Let's just get it out of the way right up front. I'm a not allergic to financial prosperity. I think we all believe that the kind of salary the top leaders make would be nice to have. But where I think we run into problems from a leadership standpoint is when those salaries are the goal or what drives the leader. When that's the case, some of the decisions may not be made in the right way or for the right reasons. You know, just as an example, if I'm the CEO of a public company and my compensation is heavily weighted towards a target stock price and I'm motivated by money, going back to the reasons people want to lead, there's a good chance that my decision-making tendency would be to do those things that impress shareholders and the financial markets, and those may not be in the best interest of the organization. Again, this is a general example, but hopefully you can see where this would lead. Now, the flip side of this, if I'm not motivated by money, but I'm more motivated by the mission or culture of an organization, then my decisions, they could just be very, very different. There's a famous story of a shareholders meeting where shareholders were complaining about some of the more social goals and initiatives that the company was spending a tremendous amount of money on. When they brought that up, the CEO's response was that if you didn't believe in those initiatives, then you probably should change your stock position. Now, I don't know that how much they stuck to that or you know, does everybody have the courage to stand up and tell the shareholders that if you don't like what we're doing, buy different stock. But if you're not motivated by money and you're trying to do the right thing, then there's a better chance that you'll make those kinds of decisions. A second area where I really find it hard to give benefit of the doubt is in polarization. And I don't want to deep dive into this. There's more than enough examples in the world today in business, politics, communities, etc. The problem with the polarized leader is that they could be set in their ways and not really open to new ideas, changes, or anything that doesn't align with their point of view. Just think about how much better our world would be if we were all open to the idea that there are differences of opinion, that it's okay to agree to disagree, and that we need to work together to move forward, even if we have differences of opinion. So that polarization, if a leader has that kind of polarization, I find it really hard to give a benefit of the doubt because they could do something about that. Now, this last section, I just want to cover a few of the attributes of leaders that 
I think make things difficult and where I think it's really on the leader to fix these things are not a victim of their circumstances. One is huge ego, lack of humility. So I'm the boss, so I must know best. One of the problems with this is that these types of leaders with that level of ego or I know best, they stop learning because they don't think anybody can teach them anything. Um, once someone stops learning because they think they know best, they're going to start stop growing. And in theory, this would work fine in an organization that doesn't face any new problems. And I think we saw organizations run into this during the pandemic. It was an unprecedented problem that almost no leaders today had ever encountered. Remote work, supply chain disruption, constant change of guidance and regulations from a health perspective, all contributed to a very unique situation. Some businesses all of a sudden had to deal with growth because they, they were critical to managing the pandemic. Other companies found ways to pivot to take advantage of it. Think about shifting manufacturing away from whatever you were doing that's not as important now to cleaning supplies, for example. At the same time, we also know a lot of organizations that failed. They went under, uh, organizations that had to scale clear back and will have a very difficult time recovering. So that's one of the problems. You run into those situations. If you've stopped learning and aren't willing to learn, then I don't know how you're going to help your organization navigate that kind of a situation. The second attribute that I bring up here is a lack of compassion. And these are not in any sort of priority order um, because this would definitely be high up there. But a lack of compassion and then treating people as disposable assets. That's a big problem. Um, not realizing or caring about the impact your decisions make on others. Again, this self-centered focus from the leader. Sometimes I think this is because these leaders, if they're wealthy or powerful, they feel like they're insulated from the impact of their decisions. They can do some pretty dumb things and still be rich and powerful. Uh, and if the rest of us were to do those same things, it would probably ruin us. Now, I know there's legislation and things that were put in place after things like Enron to, to try and mitigate some of this, but it still exists today. Impatience is another one here, and this is no focus on or vision for the long term. It's not about the latest founder or world-changing idea and the urgency to get that out and going, but it's more about sacrificing the long term for short-term games when you know that there's this long-term thing that could make your organization extraordinary. Another problem that we see today, and there's been a recent very public example of this, is that working hard or more hours equals effective. And I see it over and over and over again. The idea that the harder I work, more hours, less rest, et cetera, the better things will get. It's just not valid. It, it used to feel like it was that way, um, but I don't know if this has ever been uh, a real thing, but we seem to think that it is. And I don't know how many times we need to see studies to realize that it's not sustainable and that more hours and harder working does not make us more effective uh, or improve the results. Another attribute that uh, leaders struggle with is to be too easily influenced. Now, there's a balance here because leaders need to be open to new ideas. They need to be open to the ideas and perspectives of others and be willing to course correct as needed. That being said, if as a leader, I jump at every latest trend or I listen only to those that shout the loudest or I'm trying to take the easy route all the time, then I need to find some courage and conviction and be confident and make decisions and not be so easily influenced. 
one of the things that can be a result of this is if they are bouncing back and forth, sometimes that means the leader doesn't have a vision. If the vision was there, all of these things would be evaluated against that vision. But if you don't have a vision, it's just easy to jump around and try and find the vision through the latest and greatest thing. That ties into lack of courage. And, and this is really more about folks being unwilling to stand up alone if necessary and do the right thing. And it could also be related to a lack of willingness to take risks. Now, the last section I want to cover here about what got us into this state that I believe we're in today is all around accountability or lack thereof. I include this in the hard to give benefit of the doubt section because as a leader, I should be able to at least influence accountability. After all, I can control my own actions and reactions. Now, it's possible that I could be given the wrong set of metrics that I have to report on. Okay, fine, if that comes down the food chain and you've got to report on metrics that maybe aren't the right ones, even if you report on the wrong metrics, you could still be watching and working towards the right ones. And if the metrics really are wrong, that's where you've got to be good at influence management and help convince those that have more authority or more influence over you that there needs to be a course correction there. Now, another piece of this lack of accountability is about rewarding the wrong things. It ties into the money piece, but it's more than that. It also ties into the values we hold higher than others. Sometimes those values lead us to bring in or support individuals that are just not going to lead. I mean, how often do new leaders come into an organization and maybe they're complete jerks, but because they can get the kind of results that the shareholders or the board wants, it's okay. It really isn't okay, or at least it shouldn't be okay. Um, we shouldn't be rewarding bad behaviors, even though we do. And then that leads into one of my pet peeves about this whole thing. Um, when it comes to leaders, these golden parachutes that they receive when things go wrong drives me crazy. I've been part of layoffs in my career, and I was certainly grateful for the consideration and support that was part of those layoffs. But it, it just doesn't even compare to someone getting a multi-million dollar payout after they completely failed at what they were supposed to be doing. Talk about rewarding the wrong things. So if that's the case, what are my incentives to lead the organization correctly or to be the type of leader that I need to be if it doesn't really matter whether I do a good job or not because I'm going to get this golden parachute when it comes down to it. So let's wrap up today's episode by talking about the impact of the state of leadership today. Um, how can we tell there's a problem? I mean, these are valid questions. Do we really have a leadership problem? I'm not sure I could list all of the challenges with leadership today if I tried, but I do believe that if we could even solve some of these challenges, we would see a tremendous difference. In fact, you can probably go out there and find organizations that have outstanding leadership, and you can probably easily identify those that are struggling as well. So let's just talk for a few minutes about the key areas that these leadership challenges impact. How does a lack of leadership impact an organization, the leader, and those they lead? And let's go bottom up. First, those they lead, because that's where it all starts. Those with poor leaders learn the wrong lessons, unless you're the type of person that can learn what not to do and stick around long enough to learn that. 
I have definitely learned what not to do from others, but it's not a great experience and it's not a situation that I want to stay in very long. I'd much rather learn from positive examples than from the negative ones. Folks with uh, poor leaders, leaders facing a combination of all of these challenges, they just don't engage as much as they could. This is a really interesting one, and I'm sure we'll dive into it a little deeper later on in the podcast, but those that just want to get by will probably do the bare minimum, but those that could have maybe gone above and beyond, they'll just default back to the minimum if they don't work for a good leader. Those that would normally be the star performers, well, they probably won't stick around long enough, but if they do, they're not going to perform anywhere near to their full capacity. Those types of individuals, they want to be in the place of most potential, and that generally is not somewhere where they're working for a poor leader. They can't grow, they can't add value, so they just decide to go somewhere else. All right, another one, folks with uh, working for poor leaders, they get burned out much more quickly. I think the modern term of quiet quitting applies here. They may not walk away, they may not be able to, especially in an unsure economy like we face today, but you're absolutely not going to get their best. If they do decide to stick around and keep working hard, they're going to end up spinning their wheels. And if the leader doesn't have a consistent vision, is too easily influenced, you know, bouncing back and forth, those they lead end up chasing the proverbial rabbit down a hole. And that's not, that's not good for anyone, especially for those that want to go out and make a difference and do a good job. And finally, and maybe the biggest one, is individuals working for this type of a leader will feel out of balance and they too often get treated like disposable resources, so it really doesn't matter if they have work-life balance or not, at least to the leader. It matters a lot to them, but the leader's just not going to care. So they get out of balance, discouraged, less engaged. Now let's talk about some of the impacts on the leader themselves. Many of them suffer from a lack of focus, unless it's like one of the lower priorities, like money. It's really easy to focus on making as much money as possible. Other than that, it makes it way easy to get distracted by the latest and greatest trends, books, theories, perceived opportunities, shareholders, demands, etc. If they don't have a true North Star, then who knows where they'll go? So they get lost. It also makes it way easy to focus on short-term gains at the expense of the long-term. And we've talked about that. This could be the demands of shareholders, a downturn in business, or thinking the grass may be greener elsewhere. This can quickly lead to taking the easiest path instead of the more difficult but more rewarding or even right path. Both of these things can lead to a focus on solving the wrong problem. In fact, in many cases, these kinds of leaders don't even identify the right problem to solve. They find the easiest, the most obvious, or the one someone else points out. If they do identify the root cause problem, a focus on a temporary fix is not uncommon. Now, one of the worst things I have seen leaders with a combination of these challenges do is to treat people as disposable resources, whether it be unrealistic demands of time or mental energy or anything else that implies that the job, organization, or the leader's ideas are more important than everything else in life. It's not healthy. I'm not saying that hard work is bad, but it needs to be kept in perspective and there needs to be some balance there. And now finally, the last impact I wanted to talk about on the leaders themselves is if they are rewarded for the wrong results or the wrong behaviors, then they do the same thing with those that they lead. 
They'll start rewarding those that go along with every crazy idea while punishing those that dare to speak out against them. Now finally, let's talk about the impact on the organization. Organizations with this kind of leadership tend to bleed. They bleed talent. And while it might not drain them completely, they will certainly lose those that have a tremendous amount of value to add because those individuals have proper perspective, they want balance, and they want to be around and thrive with true leaders. They'll just go elsewhere. You can also read a book called Multipliers by Liz Wiseman and Greg McEwen, and you'll see that the best leaders, they actually get more out of those they lead than anyone thought possible. So it's the exact opposite of this. Poor leaders will get less. Great leaders won't just get their best, they'll get better than their best. Also, a lot of these organizations with poor leadership, they end up with a leadership carousel. It could be at the top, it could be mid-management, doesn't really matter, it has tremendous impact. Leaders come and go, and unfortunately for the organization, the best leaders tend to leave before the worst ones. So what are you left with? Another side effect is failure to meet their potential. The leader, the people being led, the organization, everyone around the leader, a poor leader will not help them meet their true potential. Without true leadership, you may not even know what your potential really is, let alone try and achieve it. And then probably the ultimate impact of poor leadership is failed businesses. Maybe not shut down, although that definitely happens, but you see failed projects, initiatives, they don't meet the goals that they've set for themselves, and it's just an overall struggle. And it may not show up in the short term, but if it continues for too long, there's tremendous long-term impact on the success of that organization. Now, I'm not trying to paint this doom and gloom, all is lost picture. I don't want it to be bleak, and I don't want to be overly negative. But I've seen the impact of this kind of leadership. I have also seen examples of tremendous leadership at all levels. From my first mentor that gave a young kid with zero business experience a chance to become a VP, or one of my most re recent leaders that she set the example by taking a leave of absence to reset her priorities. Those examples, they're out there. They can definitely be found. So what should you be doing? For right now, start paying attention. Look for those around you that demonstrate good leadership and those that are maybe facing some of the challenges we've discussed today. And maybe even more important, whether you're an existing leader or an aspiring leader, look within yourself and be honest about any of these challenges you are or you may face. We'll have an episode coming up pretty soon that's, uh, that's all about knowing yourself. Hopefully it'll be published within a few weeks after the initial launch of the podcast. But in that episode, I'll talk in depth about knowing yourself and give you some tips and tools to help you understand who you are. Are you facing some of these challenges? It's just a way to look at things to try and help you identify where you could possibly improve and things that you might want to do differently. Knowing yourself, it isn't half the battle, but if you combine it with the wisdom to know what to do with the knowledge and the tenacity to do it, well, that's going to be something. You're going to become something if you'll learn and apply the knowledge that you, that you gain. And last but not least, get the right kind of help. That could be this podcast. 
Maybe you need to read more books. Maybe you want some personal coaching or a partner to work with you either with where you are in your leadership journey today, or if you're an aspiring leader and just getting started, you want to make sure you build the right foundation and get off on the right foot. Any of those scenarios, I'd love to be your partner and help you out. So just reach out on our website. You can use the contact us page. Uh, Let me know what you're looking for, and I'm sure we can work together to help you take that next step on your leadership journey. Don't forget to subscribe if you want to be notified of future episodes. You can also visit our website at www.mountnebelconsulting.com for more great content, to see what coaching services we have or will be offering, and to sign up for our newsletter, which we'll be launching in the near future. You can also find us on LinkedIn and Instagram. And if there are any other current or aspiring leaders in your circle that would benefit from what we offer, please share our information with them. Share the podcast. We would love to be a part of their leadership journey as well. If you feel so inclined, you can support the show by looking for Leaders Lift on Patreon. We'll put a link in the show notes. And if you really enjoyed the podcast, a review on Podchaser really helps out the show and helps us to get the word out to others that may be interested. Any combination of these things will help us to adjust as necessary and to continue providing great content. Now, go out there and keep lifting.